you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 13. You know, living in a world where gun violence has become a real possibility in our average kid's school day, we parents want to know what we can do and how to keep our kids safe. So in this episode, I'm having a conversation with Danielle from the Silver Lining Mama's private Facebook group about school shootings. And we recorded this episode the day of what was the most recent shooting as of right now, in Indiana, it happened 20 minutes from Danielle's house. So Danielle reached out to me about what we can do as moms in terms of a grassroots effort to be part of the solution and like how we can empower ourselves and our kids to help create a safer America because we all just are kind of gobsmacked by what this current state of affairs is. It just, it absolutely feels surreal that our kids are not even safe at school. And I think just a lot of us are just downright pissed about it. And that's why we are getting on soapboxes and we're putting all this energy into talking about the ridiculousness of the gun laws. However, I think we our, our conversation really uncovers something that I think you guys will relate to. I think that you'll realize, hmm, this is one small thing I can do in my home. And uh, I, can, I can change the conversation around my dinner table and impact my kids. And this is a super easy, tangible way to do it. I'm going to start doing that today. And what Danielle and I were thinking is that if each and every mom that listens to this says, I can do this, I can change the conversation around my dinner table today, like, how is that going to impact our kids collectively if all of us create this new ritual, which is this new dinner conversation, just a part of our dinner conversation, where we actually ask our kids questions and have conversations that are really all about empathy. We're really teaching them how to see someone else's perspective, how to show up from a place of kindness, how to, uh, how to, how to connect with them in a way where they can hear us and we are literally shaping them to be kind, courageous, and empathetic people so that they go out into the school day into the world and they're noticing other people's perspectives. Maybe they're, they're, they, they are being kind. I, I, Daniel shares a very interesting story from Columbine that, you know, I thought 
I thought was very, very interesting about kindness uh, towards the end of the interview. But what happens if our kids are going out and they are being kind and they are noticing the kids who typically have flown under the radar until the day comes where they show up at school in a trench coat shooting up the freaking school? Uh, it's something. It's a place to start. So it's a place that we actually have power and control. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, Danielle, I really applaud her for wanting to be a part of this. We created a cheat sheet so that you guys, you know, so you'll be, so we could support you and you can download these three simple prompts as a way to change the dinner table conversation. It'll be available uh, in the show notes so you can get that cheat sheet there. And uh, what else do I want to tell you? Um, yeah, enjoy Danielle and my conversation on the podcast. So the big question is this, how do parents like us know that we aren't messing up the biggest role of our lives, especially when we happen to have a strong-willed child that's constantly pushing our buttons? We've all heard that kids don't come with a manual, so how can we know for sure that we're saying the right things or that we're getting this parenting thing right? Well, on this podcast for parents of toddlers to teens, we'll be giving you real tools you can use right away so that your kids will feel like they can talk to you about absolutely anything and everything. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. I live in Houston, and the shooting last week at Santa Fe High School was in Galveston. So Galveston is right next to like it's own, it's not a suburb it's its own city but mm -hmm. many of us in Houston frequent Galveston like that's our beach so yeah so so when the shooting took place I was teaching I don't I don't know if any of your moms were there but I was teaching a live three-hour half-day workshop all mm -hmm. about meltdowns all uh -huh. about strong-willed kids and how they're prone to meltdowns and the plan for managing meltdowns in the middle of it, I get a text message from my 16-year-old daughter, sophomore, sophomore in high school at school, saying, nice. school shooting in Galveston. Mm -hmm. And I, I just stopped it, and I said, and you know, normally I'm not checking text messages when I'm teaching, but, um, but it was from my daughter, and it was, she's at school, mm -hmm. so I'm thinking it's an emergency. And I just said, okay, you guys, this is why we're doing this. This is why we're changing the conversations in our home. This is why we're figuring out how to communicate with our strong-willed kids who are saying, listen, I need you to understand me. I need you to help me experience my big emotions. I need you to be the adult with the adult fully developed brain and to help me as a little child who has this you know, strong-willed temperament. And, right. and, and I said, this is why we're doing this because this is happening now so frequently that, that it's, you know, we all want to go to this place of blaming the parents and blaming this and blaming that. And clearly, I think any child that goes and shoots up a school is crazy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is, it has right. gone crazy. Was that child born crazy? I don't necessarily think so. Granted, I don't have any evidence. I don't necessarily think so. I think right. that 
teenagehood is where, as we all know, the shit hits the fan. And, you know, the brain is the most impulsive it will ever be. And these kids who have gone through life feeling misunderstood, feeling all alone, they go nuts. They go nuts. Mm -hmm. And when they don't feel necessarily like they have been communicated with in a way that feels like they're understood or they don't feel like they have a sense of belonging. Maybe they don't have a soft place to land at home. They don't have real friendships in their life. Like that is a human primal need to feel that sense of belonging and they go nuts. And so my thing was, was that is this mama movement. We are shaping the next generation so we can put all of our energy into, and yes, I just, for the record, I would like, you know, gun laws. I mean, I think it's pretty nuts what our gun laws are in this country. That's just my personal stance. But that's not where I want to really focus my energy. I want to focus my energy, you know, I'm not a politician. And Mm -hmm. I'm not a lobbyist. And there are some amazing people who that is their calling and that is their zone of genius. And that's how they're going to add to the solution. For me, and I think many of us regular moms who are going on Facebook and we're pissed and we're ranting and we're putting all this energy, I'm like, let's channel our energy collectively together into our homes, into raising and shaping these people, into understanding them differently and changing the conversations in our home so that we can do our part in contributing to the solution. Okay, so there's my little rant, but I want to read what do you have anything to say to that before I read our little no, exchange? No, I want to high five you. <laughs> okay, we're high fiving. We're high fiving. Virtual high fives. Okay, so <laughs> Danielle reached out to me and said there was another school shooting today. This one was 20 minutes away. This is what I was going to say. Interestingly, it happened. The last one happened in my neck of the woods. This one happened in your neck of the woods. Right. Boom, we're together. Mm-hmm. And just sidebar. We, you know, we share a common person that we're both close to, Brandy Flitner. And mm-hmm. this morning I was talking with Brandy a bunch and Brandy, Danielle's name kept coming up. Like she was in my brain. She was on my consciousness. And I said, I feel like Bra- like Danielle's meant to help, you know, spread this work. So you were already on my brain. Then you send me this. this I mean, you just can't script this stuff. Like really. Right. It's crazy. So you said this one was 20 minutes away from my family. We all talk about changing gun control and blah, 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 blah. But what do you think of a grassroots movement? Moms with a list of things we're teaching our kids to do X, Y, and Z. We're going to help prevent these things from happening because we are arming our kids, not with guns, but with compassion, teaching them to have their eyes wide open and reporting things that need to be reported. Maybe I'm totally off base here, but it feels like there's a way more loving. There are way more loving homes than non-loving homes. So if we as mamas work together, can we make a difference? And I said, God, I just loved you. I, I said, <laughs> God, I just love you. Yes, yes, yes. This is the movement. Empathy, understanding our strong-willed kids, supporting all temperaments, and proactively talking about hard talk topics. What can we do? What is the tiny little thing we can do to help families right now? And we kind of came up with a place to start, a place to begin changing this conversation. Can we touch for just a minute, too, on what conversations we can be having with our kids ahead of time? 
or, uh, you know, in those non-scary times we talked about um, kind of in our messaging earlier um, of kind of those dinner conversations that we could be having, all of us could be having across the yeah. nation. <laughs> yep. We're going to turn this into something PDF-y and cute, like a checklist. Um, but we kind of named it on the spot. We and, and Danielle even already came up with a cute graphic. Kind kid combo, making the world more kind, um, more kind and safe one family at a time. And we talked about doing this at the dinner table. So something that I typically ask my kids is that um, I'll say, you know, I'll ask them about their day and I'll say, you know, what'd you eat for lunch? How was lunch? And then I'll say, um, did you notice, was there anyone sitting alone at lunch or when they were younger and they were on the playground? I was like, did everybody have a friend at recess or did you notice there was anyone without a friend? And that was just kind of my way. So we, what we talked about was doing this at the dinner table and, um, and having three questions that just kind of prompt a kindness conversation with your kids. And honestly, you guys, this is Building a ritual. I heard an interview recently with Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. And um, if anyone mm -hmm. ever has a chance to hear her on a podcast, she's phenomenal. She's got like four little tiny kids. She's super hilarious. She's not like fancy pants at all. She's like, I sold fax machines. I tried to get into law school. I flunked the LSAT, like, you know, and I came up with Spanx because I needed like the right undergarments to wear under my cream pants. Um, she's super down to earth, but the, the interviewers were saying, um, it was the girls from the skim and they said, uh, they said, why, what gave you kind of the chutzpah to, to become an entrepreneur at such a young age? You're selling fax machines door to door. Like, how did you do this? And she said, my family had this really cool ritual around the dinner table. This is what got me thinking about the dinner table thing. And she said, uh, around the dinner table, my dad would say, you know, instead of it being like rose and thorn, which a lot of us do, what was the rose of your day? What was the thorn of your day? What was the highlight? What was the high and what was the low of your day? She said her dad would just say, I want to hear one failure from the day and what you learned from it. And that oh, wow. was their ritual. And mm -hmm. she said what that did was that like built her resilience in terms of she wasn't scared to fail because she got mm -hmm. this belief as a kid every night around the dinner table of if you're not failing, you're not trying. So there really was no failure. There was wow. winning and there was learning. And she said, so I've never been afraid of failure. And mm -hmm. I thought, that is a beautiful ritual because that is the thing that holds everyone back from doing the thing that they want to accomplish in life because we're so worried we're going to look stupid or they're gonna, we're going we're gonna to fall on our face and they're going to have something to talk to us about, you know, talk about us. And, um, yeah. and so I love that ritual. So, okay, so I, what I wrote was, um, dinner table combos that shape kind kids, three questions to spark kindness combos around the dinner table. First, name one thing or person that put a smile on your face today and tell us about it. What was one thing? What was mm -hmm. one small act of kindness that put a smile on your face? Or what's one kind thing you did for someone else that put a smile on their face? It can be anything, large or small, mm -hmm. okay? Number two, 
this is the the Sarah Blakely thing. Um, oh, no, number three was the Sarah Blakely thing. Number two, did you notice anyone sitting alone at lunch or recess today? Just like that was the question I always ask my kids. Did you notice anyone yeah. sitting alone today? And if they say yes and say, do you have any thoughts about how you could help? And that sparks a really interesting conversation because there's been times where my son, like my youngest son, I remember last year, he was very bothered. There was a little girl at school that was getting bullied, just like that nuanced bullying. She, um, he said the other girl, she was kind of this tall girl. She was, you know, she looked older than she was than the other girls. They were in fifth grade. And so she had already started going through puberty and she was like the tall girl. And, um, and he said, you know, it's right after we've all been running and playing, and I don't think she wears deodorant yet, um, but I'm not going to be the one that tells her that she needs to wear deodorant. He goes, and the other girls, we were in line waiting for snack, and the other girls didn't want to stand next to her. And she was next to me, and they were talking about, oh, I'm not sitting, I'm not going to stand next to, you know, Sarah. Oh, I'm not mm -hmm. either. She stinks. She's so gross, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And he said, they acted like they were whispering, but I could hear everything. And so I know Sarah could hear it too. Mm -hmm. And so that prompted us to talk. And I was like, well, you know, of course me, the justice seeking loud mouth. I'm like, well, maybe you could say, and he's like, yeah, I'm not saying that. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, well, why? And he would bring up the best things. He was like, because that would embarrass Sarah. She's pretending she can't hear these girls saying these things. If I address it, then I'm going to basically have to call her out on the fact that I heard it. She doesn't want to talk. I'm going to embarrass her. It's going to, it's going to make the situation worse. And mm -hmm. I was like, good point, you know? And so we problem solved it. And what we ultimately decided, what felt comfortable for him was he was just going to Make sure to be next to Sarah, talking to Sarah, engaging with Sarah, making sure that Sarah had a friend. He was going to give all of his attention to Sarah. And guess what? By the end of the year, he's like, you know what? The other girls, I don't hear them doing that stuff to Sarah. In fact, I see her playing with them sometimes. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, his little 10, 11-year-old brain knew how to be part of the solution better than mm -hmm. my 46-year-old brain did, you know? So, yeah. So I thought that was cool. Um, and then number three, name one failure from the day. This is a Sarah Blakely from the day and what you learned. And what this teaches is ongoing practice of vulnerability and not being afraid to fail or worrying about looking stupid. I just feel like those three things are so easy for us to put into our days, regardless of how old our kids are. I mean, once they're in even even a daycare and you can kind of have those little conversations with them. I feel like it's really doable. Um, and I can totally see how, I mean, just, just the example you gave of, of your son being kind to this girl, mm -hmm. like how him being kind to her changed probably, you know, what that was going on in her head and what um, could have could affect her later on. But this kid was nice to me. And then these other kids were too. I think it's the, it's like that. It's, it's, it's in line with what we're talking about. You know, we, we can't necessarily one person at a time going and get the gun laws changed today, tomorrow, but we can have a conversation around the dinner table. We can say right. to our little bitty ones, um, what put a smile on your face today? And we can say to our mm -hmm. teenagers, 
you know, what, what was the one thing that put a smile on your face today? What was, was there one thing or was there one thing that you did that put a smile on someone else's face? And that mm -hmm. crosses all the different age groups. And then saying, you know, did you try anything new today? Did you fail at anything? Like I know I, and, and sharing our own stories, listen to what I really messed up today. And you know what? I kind of mm -hmm. learned a big lesson and also, you know, you know, saying, um, well, are you noticing like kids naturally see their own perspective, they're egocentric up until about age 12, but they can learn to see other people's perspectives at a younger age when we constantly model this. So when we're asking a simple question like, you know, who'd you, you know, did you play with, did you play a fun game at recess today? Or, you know, what'd you have for lunch? Was there anything yummy? Um, you know, better than who did you sit next to? Because the who did you sit next to is really code for us being worried and them receiving the message that mom's worried that they might be the loser kid who doesn't have a friend at lunch. So instead of asking mm -hmm. that question, a lot of times I'll say like, did, you know, was there anything yummy at lunch today? Was lunch fun? Was it relaxing? Was it a nice welcome break in the middle of your day? Um, you know, what was the funniest conversation? And I, I just spark conversation in that way. And then I say, did you notice that, you know, is there, was there anyone sitting by themselves at lunch today? And he told me recently, I just had a talk with him on a walk the other day. He's in middle school now. And he said, there's one little girl. I never really, there doesn't seem to be anyone sitting alone at lunch. There's one little girl that sometimes sits alone. And me and my friend group, um, we go and we sit with her. And so now it doesn't really seem like it's a thing anymore. So it's like this group of boys go and mm -hmm. sit with the girl and, and he happens to have several friends that are also very kind boys and, mm -hmm. um, and, and they go and they, you know, it's like, they don't think it's weird. Like she's sitting by themselves. Yeah. They go over to her table. I mean, this is how, this is what we do. Yeah. I love that. I think that that's amazing. And I, I feel like, as, as a, a mommy of boys, <laughs> you know, that's what, like, I want them to go and do. I want them to be the includers and I want them to not care what everybody else around them thinks that they want, they want to go and make that, that gesture. And, you know, I've always sent my kids the message of, um, you know, in our family, boys and girls can be friends and some families, um, yeah. there's a lot of separation, but daddy and I are best friends. And, and, mm -hmm. you know, if you are only friends with boys or you're only friends with girls, then half the population's off limits for you. And you're going to miss out on a lot of fun people. And, um, mm -hmm. so we've always, that's always been a message since they were little bitty. And it's funny cause he's, um, he's a very kind of sporty boy. And so even like last year, um, Last year when he was having the situation with that girl, Sarah, I was, we were, we were kind of problem solving. What, what could be a, how could he be part of the solution? And he looked at me mm -hmm. and he's like, you know, I don't like want to be best friends with her. Like, I don't want you to like coordinate with her mom or, um, you know, cause he was like, he had always gotten the message boys and girls are friends, but he was like, like, she's not a sporty girl, you know, like I'm good. Like I want to be part of the solution, but also like, don't make it my job to go and, you know, and have this big friendship with this little girl that I don't have anything in common. Like I want to play kickball at, at recess. She's not doing that, you know? And I was like, it's not your job to take care of everyone and to all of a sudden be this little girl's best friend, but you can be kind. You can right. be kind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
which ultimately is what we want our kids to be. So, um, and, and I, I shared this, um, we did a Facebook live, actually Brooke Glassburn, um, on, because she does random acts of kindness. And, Mm. and on that, I, I shared that when at my work, we did, um, Alice, which is an active shooter, um, type of training, um, because I work at a hospital and in it, the story that stuck out to me the most was they were talking about the Columbine kids and um, there was kids in the library who were saved. Um, they weren't necessarily friends with the kid, but they were always nice to him. Mm-hmm. And when he came in the library and he saw them, he said, you go out that door and you run. And those mm-hmm. kids were saved because they were kind to that boy. Mm-hmm. And like that, I mean, that's, that's always stuck with me. And mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not even sure that I had any kids then, but it stuck with me that that's that I don't care if they're best friends with everybody, but I just want them to be kind. Mm-hmm. And if that saves them in that situation, thank God. Well, and I'll say this, I was listening to an interview recently with a parenting expert who was talking about how narcissism's up by like this crazy high percentage and empathy's down by like 40% because we're not teaching kindness. We're so focused on achievement and where everyone gets into school and to college and then putting on Facebook there where they're, you know, all the, all, all the things they're achieving that mm-hmm. we're forgetting to have these conversations, these character building conversations. And so therefore mm-hmm. kindness is down. And when we um, like, if when we have these conversations and when we have a kid that's experiencing some kind of a big emotion and we learn this, the skill of active listening, li- listen and stop fixing um, mm-hmm. that is pure empathy, seeing someone's perspective and then actually being an active listener sends the other person the message. Like I care enough about you to be here with you right now. Like you're seen, you're heard, you're important, you're valued. That Mm -hmm. is empathy in action. So when we model that for our kids, what we, that's really how we teach our kids anything because they're not really listening to our lectures. They're, they're, they're watching us. They're watching what we do in our life. So when we model that skill, we teach that empathy to them and then they go out into the world and that's how they operate. I love that. I love Mm -hmm. that so much (laughs) for sure. And I mean, and we see that, um, even with our, our newly turned three-year-old of just little things that we do, um, even helping them, then I, I see him doing the same exact thing for his baby brother. Like, mm. you know, so it, it's like just showing just a little bit of kindness here and there of little things that we can do for each other, even in our own homes, then translates, you know, beyond just, just our little core family. Yeah. So yeah, just a little, hopefully goes a long way. What I have learned over the years is when I channel my energy into really being part of the solution versus standing on a soapbox and just talking about, you know, all the injustices and using all my energy there, like I see so much more change happen. And so, um, and so I think this is the way that we're doing this is we're creating community. We're starting these conversations. We're channeling our energy into the area where we really do have some control and this is, this is, it's like what you said, like, you know, we're changing it and making the world safer, making our country safer one family at a time as this spreads. And as we start to have these conversations, hopefully around the dinner table. Yes. I love that. 
I love it so much. Thank you, Randy, so much for doing this today. I so appreciate it. At Mastermind Parenting, we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. And if this sounds like something you want to learn more about, then I have a gift for you. You can grab a copy of my best-selling book, The Parent Gap. It's my signature recipe for raising confident and kind kids, even if you have a strong-willed one. So go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash book to get your free copy mailed directly to your doorstep.